As the summer winds down, Captain Morgan is offering a special deal for Against All Odds listeners. Go to drizzly.com and use code THERINGER to save $5 on your next order of Captain Morgan. Again, that's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com, promo code THERINGER, for $5 off your next purchase of Captain Morgan, courtesy of Drizzly. If you're like me, and you're not, but let's pretend. If you're like me, and you're not so great at planning ahead, you have to try Hotel Tonight. Hotel Tonight is an app that helps you find amazing hotel deals at the last minute, up to seven days in advance. It's perfect for a spontaneous getaway or indulging in a little staycation. All it takes is 10 seconds, just three taps and a swipe. So what are you waiting for? Get in on these killer last-minute deals and download the Hotel Tonight app now. All right, welcome to Against the Lodge with Cousin Sal, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Summer's winding down. College football, full swing this weekend. Going to go over conference odds today. Floyd Connor, the fight is over. It's finally over. We'll recap our bets on that fight. I feel like I feel like 70% of the bets I usually make are losers with the correct analysis. With Connor Floyd, I had the winning result, but with completely wrong analysis. I said Floyd would win. I said it would be by knockout. I thought it would happen much earlier than it did. I figured Floyd would dazzle Connor with his defense. Um, Connor wouldn't land much at all. He made, made me and many others look stupid by connecting on, I think it was 111 punches and winning the first three rounds. At least I thought he did. The size difference was a factor. I was super impressed by the way Connor was able to counterpunch and not see that happening at all. But Floyd was composed. He had a plan to tire Connor out. I wish he had let us in on the plan instead of publicly announcing that he'd take him out in two, but that's okay. He hung with Connor. It only fought like 25 minutes once. Beat him up in the eighth and ninth round and then took him out in the tenth. I gave out under eight and a half, which was a loser, but my buddies had winners on the pod last week. We were three and one overall. Let me introduce them. They're my wizards of wagering. My gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta is here with me. What's up, fellas? What's going on, Sal? What's going on, buddy? Parlay kid, you had Mayweather straight up. You didn't even play games. You're like, listen, I don't care what the odds are. I'm laying it. I need a win. And that's how it was going to go. But you also had the most interesting prop, I think, of the the night. What was it? It was a cross-sport prop, right? Oh, yeah, it was a cross-sport prop. So I had Bryce Love from Stanford, dynamic running back, taking over from McCaffrey this year. And I had him. He needed to have 10 and a half more rushing yards than punches landed by Mayweather in the fight. Mm-hmm. Okay? So when I say that, I thought this was the most successful loss of all time by McGregor. Right. Uh, no loss has ever been better by anybody, ever. Mm-hmm. This was one of the worst losses for me, betting-wise, of all time. So I have Bryce Love. Hundred, uh, he finishes with 180 yards, and it only played one half of football. Sal, mm-hmm. okay, I told you he'd break a long run or two. He had a 62-yard run. He had another like 40-yard run. Ends up with 180 yards on 12 carries and a half. Most teams at least let their starters come out for like the second half. Maybe they, you know, one series before they pull him. It was 35 nothing at the time. He doesn't come out. I still feel real good about it. <laughs> yeah. Because I really think May this fight's going to end. You know, we thought early, right? Right. But either way, I, at the end of the fight, I text Bron. I go. I, I was looking like for those uh, punch stat numbers. Uh, I for some reason I turned it off. I didn't. I didn't wait for it. But I'm texting Bron. 
He goes at one seventy. Yeah. So I lost the bet at one eighty, one seventy. One more yard, one less punch. That bet wins. You lost I by a half a tough, half a yard. Tough loss. Yeah, that's by crazy. a half a yard or a half a punch. I guess whatever you want to say. Right. So, uh, yeah, I think, it was. It, I, I think I warned against. I was like, oh, what if they pull him in the third quarter? This could be a blowout. He didn't. He didn't play the second half at all. And I was getting tweets. I was like, oh, this Bryce Love thing is a win. He was uh, obviously rolling off the yards uh, early on, but <laughs> that's a bad loss. That's a bad loss, brother. Bry, you gave that was out a tough one. Brian, your brother gave out the over in the Oregon State Colorado State game. That was easy. We watched that together. That was over in the first half. But what was your fight prop? Your big one that won. Yeah, so the the one that won was really weird. It was the uh, margin of victory to be greater in the Rice-Stanford game over the amount of minutes in the fight. So that ended at, at – but it was minus 7.5. So mm-hmm. that ended at 62-7 to seven was the score. So that automatically won. So yeah. although the, this was this game was going on during the fight, it was 38 nothing at half. So I had a good sense that – I was going to win that one, but yeah. that couldn't have been easier. Jeez. That was nice. I mean, we were wrong about a few. Like the, the punches landed under for Connor. That that was probably the easiest bet of the night, like over seven. He definitely had that in the first round. Like I said, 111 punches landed. No, no Nate Diaz. I kind of thought that from the interview that he would not uh, walk to the ring. I think the best payout was Floyd and 10 at 22 to 1 as far as odds go. Harry the Horse, you gave out UMass Hawaii over. But your uh, big fight prop, who did it involve? I'm going to let you try to pronounce the uh, the team correctly. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it was nice getting that UMass Hawaii game over. That was uh, that was that, I I had that by like 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter, so didn't have to sweat that. But my prop was Manchester United and Leicester City. Mm-hmm. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Leicester City. We had a lot, a lot of flying. You, you said Leicester or something like that, but it's Leicester City. Yeah, combined goals. Leicester City. Sorry for all you people in England who are listening and uh, English Premier fans, but Leicester City and Man U minus a half a goal in their combined goals versus McGregor uh, knockdowns, and uh, there should have been a ton of goals in this game. We watched it all together, me, you, and Brian, and there should have been five or six goals, but still. We got a couple of goals. Uh, second one was a little late, and uh, it was two goals and uh, minus a half. So we had one knockdown of McGregor to play with, and McGregor didn't even come close. So uh, that that one uh, fairly easy too. There you go. Very nice. Now Floyd um, Connor didn't stand a chance next to a, another matchup this weekend. Brother Brian Harry played tennis. Tenet, uh, Harry challenged him. Brother Brian Tate. It really was something to see. Um, Harry goes out there, and it really, it, it, if you look at him, it, it looks like it shouldn't be a match. But Harry wins the first set, 7-6, and then what happens, Harry? Well, I did lose. I did win 7-6, mm-hmm. but also Brian had me double set point in the first set. Mm-hmm. At 6-5, double set point, I come back from that. I pull out the uh, game, and then I pull out the next game, and, and then... We win. I win in a uh, tie break. Now, Tate, maybe and you could Tate, that, Tate, without having been there, maybe you could finish the story. How this is two out of three sets. What do you think the score of the next two sets was? <laughs> I'm gonna go six two, six one. I'll take that. <laughs> 
I'll you got that. you got the six one part right, and then the third set was six zero. Brother Bry, how did you do it? How did you come back? Well, it's funny because it it really is. It's crazy how this ended up being like exactly like the Mayweather McGregor fight, right? Like yeah. Harry pulls out the first first set. I was I couldn't tell you how nervous I was. <laughs> I was down two nothing in the first set, and Harry's serving serve is way harder than I expect. I'm playing with a, a children's racket, so you would give me. <laughs> it was the same size as mine. No, that that was a kid's racket, Eric. So I had no power on anything. So his first few serves, I could not return it at all. And I'm looking at you, and you're probably like, "Oh my God, Harry is going to kill you." Um, but then what what ended up happening? I think towards like the tenth game of that first set, I could I could actually see Harry starting to slow down and tire out, and then I started hitting what? a ton of ton of drop shots on Harry that he could not get to or for for whatever reason was playing them so wrong. So eventually over world. time I put a little bit of pressure on him, but uh, for whatever reason it all worked out. <laughs> whatever reason, Brian. What's the reason, Harry? Hey, well, I like uh on it. Wow. <laughs> what happened? I I should have withdrew, Terrence. Well, I, 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 when you were up three-one serving and you were limping to the to the service line, I was like, maybe you should stop here. Like, a, you looked like someone had chopped your arm. Uh, I don't know. I don't. It really looked like it wasn't gonna wasn't gonna happen. But Darren, I think I uh, I put the rematch at minus six hundred for Brother Bry. I don't know if and when it'll happen, but uh, it was it was very entertaining. You could look well, at the. Well, Sal, you yeah. also got to witness. Harry on the uh, in the beach football game. He said he dominated that game with you guys on the beach. Is that true too? He did catch a long pass. It was pretty impressive. Um, he was about eight yards out of bounds, and then uh, <laughs> but, but we let it stand. Um, other than that, I don't remember. Oh, he did. Yeah, it was a deflected pass that he picked off. He he, he wasn't terrible. Yeah. And then another pick, two picks. Was there two, yeah, picks? two picks? Oh yeah, there were two picks. Yeah, two, two picks. All right. Well, your team yeah. lost, as far as I know. I know you walked off. <laughs> Uh, let, let's do that. Let's break down real football. You know, college football, the conferences. We put in a lot of research. Hopefully, it sounds like we know what we're talking about. We'll start with the ACC, where Florida State is favored. They're at minus one ten to win the conference. Clemson, reigning champs, at three to one. Louisville, five to one. Miami, also five to one. Virginia Tech, nine to one. And then it gets, uh, then it gets hairy. Uh, FSU, though, I'm gonna, we're going to combine like uh, conference odds and over under uh, odds. Over-under wins nine and a half. The over is minus 160. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under, and I'm going to say plus 140, under nine and a half. God, nine and three or eight and four is what I see. They have Alabama in the first game. I think that's a loss. They're at Clemson. They're at Florida. Then they play Miami and Louisville. I think they lose to Alabama. They lose to Clemson. Then they get tripped up by either Louisville or or Miami, and then they end at Florida. You know, one or two of those three. One of those is going to happen. They allowed 36 sacks last year. They lost a couple guys on the offensive line. I'm not sure how good they're going to be. Dalvin Cook is gone. It's really Francois. Can they protect him? I don't think so. I think nine and a half is too many wins. I say nine and three. Brother Bright, what's your best value bet in this division, in this conference? Yeah, I I, I hear you selling that, although I do have Francois for the Heisman, but uh, I think they probably have to get to at least 10 and two for that. For that to hit, but mm-hmm. I do love Louisville at five to one. I I don't know why it's five to one. I feel like it should be more three to one. Like Clemson is three to one at the moment. They have the easiest conference and non-conference schedule between them. They only play two top twenty-five teams, so they're home against Clemson, which I think they'll win, and they're at Florida State. 
And if you remember last year, they kicked the shit out of Florida State. I remember right. because I had Florida State in that <laughs> game. But you know they're bringing back. They don't have. They're bringing back a lot of defense this year. They don't. They only really on offense. They pretty much have Jackson and a lot of new guys. But I don't know if it necessarily matters. Jackson's going to put up a ton of points, and Petrino always seems to have these guys ready. So like five to one, I I don't know. That seems that seems so high for them. Yeah. Well, they have to win the Florida State game, probably, right? To to win that, I'm trying to yeah. think what the spread would be, but uh, yeah, it'll be a small yeah, it's number. Yeah, that Florida State. So, I mean, Florida State's minus uh, they're minus two hundred. Right. All right. So Louisville five to one best value says brother Bry, brother Darren Parlay kid. What do you like in this division? It's conference. I'll keep calling. Well, it. so on the ACC, yeah, yeah in the ACC, um, I, I have a good uh, what I think is a good value pick right here, and I'm just going to take UNC. Uh, on the under seven wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, eight wins on the season, and that's with Trubisky. Uh, they've lost the second most offensive production in the country with uh, their graduating uh, seniors or those who left for the NFL. Um, they uh, let me look at their schedule real quick. Uh, you know, they just have a lot of holes on their uh, offense and on their defense. And we know Tate's a big fan of UNC. I think even Tate would agree that UNC football is in a total rebuilding mode right now. <laughs> Tate, what, let's hear your hey, rebuttal. I can agree with that. <laughs> Tate, come on, agree. Brandon Harris transferred from LSU. Uh, got a new quarterback. Yeah. yeah we got we got some yep. good things cooking up. We got Notre Dame at home, Louisville at home. I don't know. Don't care Right, and more. Miami at home. Yeah. And Miami at home, but I think you're going to lose all three of those games at home. Uh, Louisville beats, so, beats so, the shit out of Carolina every single time they play, so that's that's a guarantee. Exactly. exactly. So I don't see how they're going to get uh, over seven wins. I'm taking the under with UNC. And Tate, one last question about UNC. Over, under, eight and a half papers you wrote for UNC <laughs> athletes while you attended that. Yeah. <laughs> I got a B minus in African American studies, so that was, you know <laughs> it's a tough class, tougher than they they told me that it would be. There you go, that says it all. All right, Parley Kid and Tate Frazier say under North Carolina seven wins. That's good. <laughs> Harry, Thank you, Harry. Finish Thanks us for the off. Endorsement. Harry, finish us off in the ACC. What do you like? Yeah. Well, I got Miami at five to one. Now, the Atlantic Division of the ACC is stacked, you know, with Florida State, Clemson, and Louisville. However, Miami is in the Coastal Division. And the Canes this year, schedule-wise, avoid having to play Clemson and Louisville. They play Florida State early on. You can probably count that definitely as a loss in Tallahassee. But Miami is coming off a nine-win season. They have Amon Richards returning, who was uh, arguably the number two receiver in the country last year as a freshman. He averaged 20 yards a catch. And Mark Walton, who had 1,100 yards on the ground, plus five uh, offensive linemen are coming back. And those five guys have combined for 86 career starts. Uh, quite the, their biggest question mark is uh, for head coach Mark Recht is going to figure out who exactly is going to uh, run the quarterback position. That's they, not a big they, deal. Like not two a big three deal. Guys that yeah. Still isn't, so, yeah, big yeah. deal. But they are, their, their schedule is very favorable. Mm-hmm. And um, Mark Recht is really good at getting quarterbacks to play his system. So uh, at 5-1, to one, if they lose, like I said, to Florida State early and re- get a rematch with them later and grow at five to one. All you got to do is get to the championship game. Right. All right. All right. We're all we're, we're all over really the place weak. with the ACC. We're all we're all over the board. Let's move uh, to the Big Ten now. 
Uh, Ohio State, the favorite at minus 140. Wisconsin, plus 275. Penn State, 5-1. to one. Michigan, 6-1. to one. I don't know why I wrote this down, but Michigan State. Did you guys see the odds? Uh, did you want you want to guess what the odds are, Harry, on this Michigan State to win the conference? Michigan State, boy, uh, you've heard of them, right? Maybe like uh, seventy-five, eighty to one. Yeah, they're a hundred to pretty one. A hundred to one. I know yeah, they're crazy. they were one and eight last year, and it seems like Harbaugh is just crushing their recruiting program uh, across the state. But um, I don't know. That jumped out at me. Um, I am going to go with Wisconsin. Over ten and a half and plus two seventy five to win the conference. I really like this team. I, I think you know, uh, I, Darren. I parlay kid. I think they like the Cowboys. I think they have the big offensive line. Doesn't really matter who they run behind it. I know they lost two of their best uh, backs, but they're the Big Ten West favorite. Um, the only ranked team they play is Michigan in Madison. You know they're at Nebraska. Iowa at home will be a tough game, but I think they're 10-2 and two to make it to the Big Ten Championship. They have no Ohio State on the schedule, no Penn State. If they make it to the Big Ten Championship, they're probably plus three in that game. So I think plus 275 is nice value for them, and I also like them uh, over 10.5 wins. I think they go 11-1. and one. Harry, you agree with me, don't you? It's scary. Yeah, I like uh, Wisconsin as well at plus 275 to win the Big Ten. Like you just mentioned, you know, they're, uh, they have a very favorable schedule. They, Like you said, they don't play Ohio State. They don't play Penn State. They don't play Michigan State. They get Jim Harbaugh's Wolverine. They don't play. They wish they played Michigan at State. Home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They play, uh, like I said, they, they, get Mich- they get Michigan at home late the season. Mm-hmm. They're in uh, return their entire defensive line and both inside linebackers. Quarterback last year, Alex Hornibrook, returned. Uh, he started nine games last year, so he's a veteran back there. Like you said, they also always have a solid offensive line. And they got a nice one-two punch at running back this year with a uh, sophomore Brodick, uh, Brodick Shaw, who averaged five yards a carry, and a transfer, a junior transfer from Pittsburgh, Chris James, who averaged almost five yards a game himself. Yeah. Or they, a carry himself. They just put those monsters on the offensive line. doesn't really matter who they run behind. Um, yeah. Parlay Kid, what do you like? What's the best value in this conference? Well, Sal, I, you know, I appreciate you uh, picking Wisconsin there. I'm just not really sold on them like maybe the rest of you. I do agree they always build themselves around a strong offensive line. They like to run the ball. I just don't think their quarterback is ready to take the next step. Nine TDs, seven interceptions last year. I don't think he's capable of winning 11 games for that team. All right. uh, so I would take the under on Wisconsin, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be taking the over Penn State, nine and a half wins at minus 125. McSorley, Barkley, dynamic duo there, a defense that returns seven starters. Uh, the only game I really see them losing on their schedules uh, at Ohio State. I think this is a team that's going to even exceed. If they were at ten and a half, I would still think about taking them. So I think at nine and a half over at minus 125, Great value. They have an offensive line that has over 85 career starts uh, as well. And James Franklin is, quite frankly, one of the top five coaches in the country. Whoa. Um, so right. I think that's a. I think them at nine and a half, I think they're winning 10-plus this year, uh, with their only loss maybe coming at Ohio State. All right. And, Brother Bry, you think we're all overthinking this. It's Ohio State's conference yeah. to win. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the value of Penn State there. Five to one's pretty good, but – I don't. I don't know. I don't see that they're not going to win in Ohio State this year, especially after how they right. beat Ohio State last year. 
the thing is with Wisconsin, the plus two seventy. I'm granted that that division is really weak and their schedule is so weak. But even if they make the championship game and they play Ohio State, what are they at best? They're they're still plus two hundred, right? Maybe in plus two twenty five in that championship game. I guess I thought it'd be a little less. I, guess, I thought it'd be about five yeah, or six yeah. points, but who knows? Yeah, but I guess you know if Penn State were to win, then that game becomes more even. Right. So, uh, Right. So, so I could see that. But, uh, you know, Ohio State, I mean, every year, I mean, they one loss, two losses, it doesn't really matter. I think they've only, they haven't lost more than two games with Urban Meyer. And, you know, they have, they have Jarrett back and a bunch, you know, they have that kid Weber back, the running back. They have, they have a couple new receivers coming in, but they bring back a, like, pretty much their whole front seven, which includes Bosa's brother. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think this team is just as talented, if not more talented than the team they've had the last few years. So, Minus one forty, you're not getting a lot there, but I don't know if you noticed that actually line in the last week went from even to minus one forty. Yeah. So everybody must just be all over Ohio State. That's something to look at, and I think they're at Indiana, right, to kick things off uh, this weekend. Yeah. Let's go uh, Big Twelve. I don't know. I'm kind of sick of the Big Twelve. Oklahoma minus one ten to win the conference. Oklahoma State, who I will never ever bet again, is plus two fifty. They killed me <laughs> up central up on Central Michigan by four. With the ball, four seconds left, and they lost that game, so they can go to hell. Texas plus three fifty, and Kansas State uh, seven to one. Oklahoma plays Oklahoma State in Stillwater. It should be a big game. Harry, how do you have this conference breaking down? Well, funny you mention Oklahoma State because that's who I have going over nine wins this season at minus one forty-five. I think it's nine they and a half. Have, Is uh, it nine and a half, guys? I had I, I have. Uh, it's over uh, nine minus one forty five. Is it? Oh, okay. Min- uh, over nine, nine minus one forty five. All right. Sorry yeah, about nine. that. Go ahead, Harry. No problem. Uh, and I, I, you know, Mike Gundy's been there. I think thirteen years as the head coach. Uh, their schedule is pretty favorable. They play two teams in the top or that are ranked in the top twenty as of right now, and they get both of them at home. Oklahoma at seven, like I said, and Kansas at Kansas State at number twenty. Later in the season, they get them both at home. Their road schedule is not that impressive whatsoever. They're at South Alabama. They're at Pittsburgh. They're at Texas Tech. Texas and West Virginia are okay. And they're also at Iowa State. Uh, The passing game is possibly the best in the country with quarterback Mason Rudolph. 28 touchdowns and only four picks last year. He returns. Uh, Heisman hopeful wide receiver James Washington returns after having only 1,400 yards last season, running backs Justice Hill and Chris Carson also returned. They, those two combined for 1,700 yards. So they'll be able to put up the points. And like I said, their schedule is very favorable. So to get nine, uh, at least a push seems re- very reasonable. Ten seems like uh, if they're going to lose anywhere, uh, like you said, Oklahoma, but they get that game at home, and their schedule on the road is very soft. All right, Darren Parlay kid, you I think you like Texas, and they could sneak up. They have they have uh they have the game. I think they have two of the big three games at home. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's correct, Sal. Look, I'm sticking with these over unders. I'm leaving the uh, leaving up to you guys to uh, pick a lot of these division winners. But Texas, here's the thing: if if you told me it was over seven and a half, which it started at, uh, I would I would say it's a lock. Eight, I have them over eight at minus one thirty five. I like this Texas team. This guy Herman, Coach Herman, is going to bring the juice for this team. 
Uh, I know it sounds trivial, but you know they 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 redid stuff like locker rooms, put a million dollars into locker rooms. Kids love this stuff. Mm-hmm. This team is 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 pumped to be out there on the field this year. Uh, Bouchelle, I think, is a Heisman sleeper as a quarterback. Uh, they had a rough year on defense last year, but they're returning ten starters. Uh, and you know sometimes it's just a matter of maturing uh, on defense. So when a freshman becomes a sophomore, a sophomore becomes a junior, junior becomes a senior, that defense is automatically going to be better. They start the season with Maryland and San Jose State. They're going to be rolling after two games. Um, and, yeah, they listen, their schedule is not easy in the Big 12, but I think eight is a – I see this team winning nine games under Herman. Uh, he's a great coach. I think he's already brought a lot of energy and excitement back to that program. So bank on them winning nine. So take the over eight at minus one thirty-five. You know, they, I mean, you mentioned that they redid the locker room. They also redid the phone system in the locker room, so the Coach Herman could call into his weekly podcast. Uh, that's an inside <laughs> joke. You don't have to worry about that, brother Brian. <laughs> brother Brian, what do you like in this conference? Yeah, when I look at this conference, I mean, I think it's all over the place. It probably, you know, there's a few teams who could win it, and you know, like you, I don't really like the Big Twelve. I mean, they're all offensive teams. But when when looking at value, I love Kansas State at plus 700. I think they have a good shot to make this championship game. Because don't forget, you only have 10 teams, and only the, the top two teams are making it. So, you, you know, you play nine division games. So seven and two could easily get you into this game. So when you look at their schedule, they're home against Oklahoma, too, which helps out, and they're they're home against West Virginia. But they are at Texas and Oklahoma State. So I, I, I don't know. I see them maybe, you know, splitting those two, maybe three and one. You know, I – I don't know, Sal, do you know, like, obviously, like, they seem to, I would say they seem to overachieve every year, right? And then it seems like Snyder gets these guys to play really hard for them. But I feel like this year, Snyder's coming off throat cancer, so it seems like the kids will play even harder for him. You know, they also have the quarterback, Jesse Ertz. They have a a decent defense for this conference, probably the best defense in this conference. So plus plus 700, I, I love that. I actually hate Oklahoma at... What is it? What's Oklahoma? Minus one ten. Yeah, it was about even. Yeah. Yeah, minus one ten. I, I I don't love them there, and I don't even really necessarily love Texas either because, like Darren was saying, they have a tough conference. They they play five top twenty five teams. So yeah. I don't know if Herman's going to make that much of a jump right away, but but Kansas State, you know, returning a bunch of guys, seven to one. It's great odds. Yeah, I and I'm with you on this. I'm taking the over eight wins for Kansas State. Here's a, here's a fact I think you're going to love, right? Uh, Bill Snyder. When he's the last six times he's returned the leading passer, the team won at least nine games, average eleven wins. So that was enough for for me to hear. And I think they're going to go four zero to start. They have Central Arkansas, Charlotte at Vanderbilt, and home for Baylor. And then, uh, yeah, and then I think they go was I think five and three the rest of the way, and you get the over eight. All right, let's move to the Pac twelve. Um, Parlay kid. This is uh, USC is even to win. Washington two to one. Stanford plus four fifty. Then you have Oregon, UCLA ten to one. Washington State fifteen to one. Parlay kid, you don't have any of those teams I just mentioned. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. Forget all those teams, Sal. All right. I got Colorado over seven wins at plus one fifteen. This is a team that won ten games last year. Uh, they have a new QB. Uh, but the, he also had three starts last year, so he's not entirely new. Um, they're returning a lot of their offense. Uh, they have two weak crossover games this year with uh, Cal and Oregon. Uh, 
They do start this week out with Colorado State. That's a big one. If they, I think they're obviously the better team, but Colorado State is kind of a sleeper team, as Brian knows, because he, he had them in a bet uh, last week. But I think at, at 115, they, they play Texas State. They play Northern Colorado. Uh, I don't see how they're not going to win seven games after pulling off uh, ten wins. And at plus 115 over seven, I mean, meaning eight games, I should say, I think they're a lock to win eight. I know, again, Pac-12, tough, but... This is just one of those sleeper, underrated, grinded-out type of teams. And I think they find a way to win eight games this year. So I like Colorado over seven. Uh, Harry, the horse, you have the long shot in the conference. You've You've been screaming about this team for like a month. Let's hear it one last time. Maybe I can, maybe I can convince you this time, but, uh, you guys know I'm all in, I'm all in on Washington state. Cougars are 15-1 and one to win the Pac-12. I don't know if there's a more exciting coach that runs his offense than Mike Leach. I mean, he's a, he, the guy's amazing. Wherever he goes, he wins. He put Texas Tech, Texas Tech on the football map, and they haven't done anything since he's left. Um, and the Cougars are led by senior quarterback Heisman hopeful Luke Falk. Falk had 41 total touchdowns last year. He had 4,700 yards. And they, they, and they also returned... Uh, their top three running backs from a season ago, they all averaged five yards a pop. And on defense, they returned nine starters. I, I mean, I know they have to beat USC, uh, but still, they do get uh, they do get USC at home. Uh, late night Friday game on ESPN in September. And it might be at that time, it's a perfect situation for the Cougars because that will be the third-ranked opponent in four weeks for USC in that stretch. So no one's giving USC anything. And I'm just telling you, this Washington State team last year with this basically the same team was in it to the last game of the year to make it to the Pac-12 championship game. So, again, Washington State at 15-1. to 1. Out of all the picks I've given so far, that's the one I like the most. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I hate that one. I know. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to see what you think. <laughs> Who are the three ranked teams you, USC plays, do you think? I'm sorry. You, three, uh, three ra- uh, no, USC plays no, Texas. They play Texas. They play um, Stanford, Notre Dame. Texas. Is that what you think? Stanford. Yeah. Uh, you're thinking Notre Dame. I don't know. Well, Washington Washington State's ranked. Though. That's what you're going to count. Okay. I mean, I, I think I think. Yeah, look, yeah. look, this is a boring pick, but no. I mean, USC, USC plays USC plays Stanford. Then they play Texas. Texas. Then they they they're at Cal and then at Washington. State. Okay, three out of four. I see what you're saying. I, I think this is boring, but yeah. USC even to win the conference. I think there's no one else close in the South. Darnold is, is going to have the Heisman talk all year long. Uh, they have two all-conference guys back on defense, uh, Iman Marshall and, and Cam Smith. Uh, Ronald Jones is a great running back. He has, like, freshmen competing with him. They're just going to be too solid, I think. Maybe it's some West Coast uh, L.A. bias. But at ASU, UCLA, tough. I think they're 11-1 and in the South. And then, you know, then they play – the conference championship game, I think it'd be nice to have them at even when they're probably giving around a touchdown. Brother Bry, you disagree. You like their um, number one competitor this year, Washington, right? Yeah, I like Washington in the north, uh, plus 200. I don't know. Have you seen their schedule? I mean, Washington State has a pretty good schedule. I mean, this might be the easiest schedule that any power team has. I mean, they're the last game of the year, they, they're home against Washington State. They're at Stanford Week 11. Uh, they're also home against UCLA Week 9. But 
it really, I don't know. I, I, when I look across the board here, I'm thinking, you know, 11 and one, 10 and two worst. Uh, like I said, their home games, their tough games are their home games, home against UCLA, home against Oregon, home against Washington state, home against Utah. So, you know, they bring back a lot of their offense from last year. So I'm still expecting them to score a ton of points. I know they, they don't return. They lost a lot of their defensive guys to the draft, but I still think they have enough to beat uh, the, this this crop in the north especially uh washington state harry yeah harry come on with them losing all those players on defense washington state is going to put up 40 on them all right well they're going to put up 55 on washington state i'm sure we're gonna we're gonna hear a lot about but sal could could you i guess you could say the same thing about washington that i said to you about like wisconsin though right very similar yeah easy schedules they're both about plus 200 but if they're in the championship game you know what's washington against usc are they they're still plus 150. I, I guess, think right so. Though. Yeah, I think it, right. It, it's probably. I, I I would think it would be more. I only think because USC is like a darling for the gamblers, and that 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 line will right. be higher. But um, let's move to the SEC, where Alabama minus two twenty five, big big favorite to win it. Auburn six to one. LSU six to one. Georgia eight to one. Florida ten to one. And those are the uh, only four that are close. Uh, Parlay kid, you're going under with a team that you think is going to now. My friend Brad is not going to be happy when he hears this. He's never really happy, but who's your underpick for the SEC? Well, Sal, it's Tennessee, mm-hmm. under 7.5 at minus 115. Uh, and look, Brad can be upset about it. Let him take it out on Tate. That's all. <laughs> it's fine with me. Okay. Um, we, we are talking about the same Brad, right? Yes, Crazy the same Brad, one. Yes, the... that's the one. Okay. Let me tell you something about Brad before you get in your back. I went to lunch with him today. And uh, it's it's a hundred degrees here in Hollywood, right, Tate? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Brad's wearing long sleeve uh, shirt and and pants. <laughs> we went for wings, which uh, you know eighty percent of the calories ended up in his beard. And also, his phone is broken. His phone is broken to a point where I, it was impossible for me to get in touch with him. But because the face of it, I don't even know why he still brings it around. The face of it is broken. And he can only – he has to do something really weird. Maybe I'll put that video out there because I, I recorded him, uh, how he has to activate his phone. And it doesn't work. So we can't see the front of his phone. Um, but because it's on lock, he has Disney Wars, the audiobook Disney Wars, on a loop that pays for, <laughs> plays for 27 hours straight really loud. So I had to compete with this uh, during lunch. I was like, just throw that phone in the street. Would he even need it anymore? But I got a good um, – I got a good good uh, tutorial on Roy Disney and uh, their war, but yeah, he is uh, he is on oh. fire. So uh, yeah, tell us why Tennessee is not going to win seven games. Well, <laughs> well, Sal, listen, they had eight wins last year. One of them included an overtime victory versus Appalachian State. Right. They had a miracle, very lucky victory against Georgia. Uh, this year, they're on the road versus Bama, on the road versus uh, the Gators. Uh, they have a killer SEC crossover with LSU. They lost Dobbs. And they lost almost their entire defense. So I, I, I actually see a, a two or three game regression here for Tennessee. I've never been a real big fan uh, of the Vols, especially over the last few years. I think Dobbs was a very good college quarterback, won him some games. But I, I just don't see them winning more than five or six games this year. Take under seven and a half at minus 115. All right. Brother Bry, what are you saying? You also yeah, like I- a, a long shot here. Yeah, I do. But first, let me say that I do love Darren seven and a half. That's one of the things we'll we'll agree on. And do we know which week Brad is going to the Tennessee game? Because I feel like that should be taped. I think it was early I think on, it's the first game ever, right? I'm gonna look. It might be their home opener, but I'll I'll, uh, I'll find out for sure. And you're right; it should be taped. 
By the way, Tate, I think but we're I, thinking of pointing a camera on Brad and getting a at, at our draft next Tuesday, getting a, um, you know, like a trash talking, trash eating tutorial. Yeah, yep. especially if he gets kicked out again, I think it would be a. Oh, if he incredible. gets kicked out, forget it. All bets are off. But um, <laughs> you yeah. just see the light shut off as soon as he gets kicked off. Yeah, that'll be good. He won't be alerted by text message. That's for sure. That phone is a disaster. But uh, okay, brother Bry, who do you like? Yeah, so I like Georgia plus 800 because you're obviously going to stay away from the West at this point. I mean, you got to stay away from Alabama on that mm-hmm. side. I, I think Georgia has a better chance uh, than Florida, maybe sneaking out and win against Alabama in the championship game. I do think the East is going to be either Georgia or Florida. I don't really see any other contenders at the moment. Um, I think Florida is what they're they're 10 to one, I think, as well. But right, 10 to one. I know Georgia. They return East in their quarterback. They return Chubbs. They return 10 starters on defense. Uh, they. Them and Florida both have about the same schedule, but they're going to be playing each other in Jacksonville. I think it's week nine, so look look for that for the big game for that for that conference. But I could also see or that division, but I could also see Florida losing an additional game or two here because they have a really they have a they have a tough schedule. They play LSU. They also have some tough non conference games. So right. uh, I do like that. I think eight to one value, and then even if they do make the championship game, you could. You could hedge against them against Alabama. I mean, yeah. What's What's Alabama. weird with Alabama, like when they're minus two twenty five, whatever you might like. Ah, I'll stay away. Maybe I'll bet them late in the season. Oh, they like a twenty one point favorite in the SEC championship game last year against Florida. Against yeah. Florida, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, you really have to kind of jump on them early. But I know what you're saying uh, with Georgia, and you and I looked at their first week. They're at Appalachian State. I know it's not a conference game, but we thought, and we're still thinking about putting them in a money line parlay. Um, so look for that to go down <laughs> week one. They might still win the conference, but they could lose, probably lose to Appalachian State. Harry, we're going head-to-head here. I like Auburn under. You like them over. I don't know. I, something about on that side of the conference with the Alabama, with all of them, I, I don't like with the new quarterback coming in. It's Jared Statham. I know he's coming from Baylor. I like going against the new quarterback. Under 8.5 means they're 8-4. and four. They end the season with Alabama, so they have to be – Better than eight and three heading into that last game. They're at Clemson, at Missouri, at LSU, Arkansas, at A and M, and then home for Georgia. Well, I, I know it doesn't matter. SEC, you could just list all these big teams. Everybody plays uh, big teams, but this quarterback had ten touchdowns in the Big Twelve against those those lofty those Big Twelve defenses who don't even exist. I don't like them as much as everyone else does. I say under eight and a half. You're going opposite. I'm going opposite because. They're non-conference games that you can give them three wins against Georgia Southern, Mercer, and UL Monroe. Uh, they do play Clemson on the road, and last year they played them super tough. They lost 19-13 at home to Clemson last year. And Clemson with a new quarterback this year, I think they're ranked a little too high. Um, they will definitely have a chance to win that game since they played them really tough last year. And and. Uh, Auburn has nine returning starters on D, and they for college football team they gave up 15 points a game last year. So I, I'm still saying, like I said, over eight and a half because sometimes you can get better win. You want to play the worst teams on the road. They play at Missouri. They play at Arkansas. They play at A&M. A&M's down this season. I know they do play at LSU. That that could be a possible uh, one of their losses. But uh, they get Mississippi State and, Miss- and Old Miss. Old Miss is down this year, back-to-back weeks at home. So, and like you said, Georgia game, and then they end the season with Bama. 
But if they can surprise Clemson, pull that one out. I know that's going to be tough, but like I said, they played tough last year. They get that going. They got Georgia Southern, Clemson, Mercer, Missouri, Mississippi State, Ole Miss. They could be six and zero heading into that LSU game at that point. All right, Harry just listed everybody that everyone in the conference plays. <laughs> no, I, that Clemson game is big. Um, that's a, I just think like Auburn. Everything I read, they're the darling team of the SEC. I'm going the other way. I'm going under. All right. Well, that, Sal, they have our, they have our former um, they have the former Baylor quarterback who I think cost us some money when right. he got injured one game. Yeah, that's like true. Two years ago. Oh, that was terrible. <laughs> that was just terrible. And then they almost made the comeback. I don't even remember who did they play. That was awful. I don't. I don't remember. Then another quarterback got hurt. I think. Uh, yeah, they were on their fourth string, and they were like an eighteen-point favorite. And we had them on a money line. Uh, now I'm in a bad mood again. All right, that brings us to our sponsored segment, Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. Each week, the Degenerate Trifecta and I set sail, tackling make-believe gambling propositions related to sports and pop culture events. Now, the numbers haven't come in fully, but we have to assume that McGregor Mayweather set the all-time pay-per-view record. Whatever it is, will that pay-per-view record be broken by August 29, 2020? That's three years from now. And if so, what could it be? Parlay Kid, will it be broken? Oh, geez, Sal. I, this is a real tough one. I think uh, I was texting with Harry and Brian saying, well, what, what, could, what could really break that, you know, in terms of the next three years? I'm not really sure if anything's going to break that, Sal. Um, however, I... I one thing I haven't heard a lot about, and I do think it could—I think it's going to have to be something like this again—that could possibly break it. Uh, you know, we have Bones Jones, right? I know he doesn't really have the boxing experience of maybe uh, what McGregor had uh, going for him, mm-hmm. but Bones Jones—he's going to be out of the—he's going to be out of the UFC for what? People are saying maybe up to four years suspension. Yeah, but that wouldn't keep him out of boxing, would it? I don't think so. Why couldn't he? Why couldn't he jump into that heavyweight division and challenge uh, Anthony Joshua for for you know for the title shot? Mm-hmm. Uh, just like McGregor did with uh, Mayweather. Maybe not a title, but a fight. Right. Uh, I think something like that could approach it. And I'll tell you what. Bo- I know Bones Jones doesn't have boxing experience, but the guy is a better athlete than Anthony Johnson, and he he put up a good fight too. Joshua, and I think people yeah. would buy that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, Anthony Joshua. I think yeah. people would buy that. Yeah, I think so too. I don't know. So I, I would say, if anything, something yeah. like that would have to be uh, to break this record. I don't. I don't know if anything's going to touch it. Uh, but I'm going to say no, Sal. Nothing's going to touch it. But if if, uh, if something like that were to come up, maybe that could break. You it. say under August 29th, uh, 2020. Yeah, I, I think you're on the right track. I don't think Anthony Joshua was nearly charismatic enough to to fetch that kind of uh, pay per view loot. But uh, Harry the Horse, what do you say, over or under August 29th, 2020? I think under too. I don't know exactly what could do this. Um, I was thinking uh, something something really silly like a battle royal of athletes, celebrities, and something just something really stupid. But I, <laughs> something like with Schwarzenegger, Mark Wahlberg, Gorman comes back, Tyson's in there, Brock Lesnar, <laughs> Jack. I don't know. Chris Hemsworth dressed as Thor. Uh, I don't know. But, uh, but that still wouldn't come close. I don't think anything can make it. I'm going to get your direct line of Vince McMahon. That could be fun, but, yeah, that, that would have to be something like that. Brother Bry, over or under? Yeah, I'm going way under. I, I don't even know if this will approach, like, $3 million again over the next three years. I mean, I'm trying to think what 
what could top it? Because right now McGregor now becomes like the the darling for pay per views, and even McGregor against whoever else doesn't. Uh, how many buys does he get? Two million at, at the most in a boxing match, like two million if he fights, or Anyone two and else? a half million if he fights Pacquiao or something like that. And then in an MMA fight, even if he goes up and wait and fights another top guy, I think on the MMA and UFC side, he's only what another yeah two million. I, I mean, I think there's a lot more casual boxing fans than MMA fans who are willing to watch uh, to watch boxing. Not saying it's better or anything, but I just think. Uh, there's more appeal there for whatever reason. Yeah. So I think this is, I think this is way under the only thing. Like similar to Harry, the only thing I could think of is, is if like Trump somehow did some type of pay-per-view with like with Obama, some type of like exhibition boxing match or some exhibition like golf match or something like that. That that would draw a lot. But other than that, I don't I don't think there's any I, shot of this coming close. I think you're saying over then, right? You're saying it's uh, it'll happen. Long past August 29th. Oh, right? yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it's yeah, the same. I, it's funny. I jotted the same thing down. But I think America is is used to the circus scene. By the way, would we have predicted anything three years ago breaking the record? Or I, I would have thought Pacquiao Mayweather would be uh, untouchable. But it takes someone like Conor McGregor. I wonder if there's another one out there. But short of that, what about Trump versus Alec Baldwin boxing match? I think I think that's one thing. And And by the way... I wouldn't put it past either of them and make it work, and especially if it were like for charity, for like if something terrible like the the uh, Houston oh, hurricane or something like that was happening. That is uh, that's what's going to make it under. I say Trump and Alec Baldwin before August 29th, twenty twenty. <laughs> I think I'm the only one going under, and uh, yeah, look for that and remember that I said it. That's another week of Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live, live like a captain. Captain Morgan reminds you. To please drink responsibly, Captain's orders. All right, best bets, 3-1 and one last week. I was the only loser. Let's do it real quick. Parlay Kid, what do you like? It's the first college football weekend, oh, man. full slate. Oh, yeah. Listen, Parlay Kid last week gave you just Mayweather straight up. I didn't even go with the parlay. So today I'm coming back with a huge Moneyline Parlay. 11 teams oh, on this, Sal. No. 11 teams. We don't have time even for next week for this. That, that's that's why I'm just going to read you the teams. I'm not even going to give you, and I'll give you the final number. All right. Go but ahead. I got uh, Central Florida, Oklahoma State, Ohio State, Michigan State, Texas, Notre Dame, Navy, Nebraska, Eastern Michigan, Georgia, Boise State, all to win on a money line parlay plus 278 money in the bag right there. All right. Money in the bag, in the bank, wherever you want it. All right. I like that. I like that. <laughs> nice and quick. I'll tell you what. Harry made a real parlay with uh, tennis players, a U.S. Open parlay. And uh, the na- the names on, on the parlay were just spectacular. He should be paid for the parlay just for being <laughs> able to pronounce uh, one of the names. But, Harry, you're not going tennis this week, are you? Now, which parlay was that? Was that one of the one of like six of them, right? So I, don't I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You, you have I'm like seventy-five. With... Heishman Burger or something. I don't know who it was. I knew you'd love that one. Yeah, and, and I spelled <laughs> it right too. Okay. Right. Uh, anyways, I got a seven-point teaser this year, this week in college football. I'm going to go with Louisville and Purdue. Take away the seven-point teaser over sixty-one, and that game's on a neutral field in Indianapolis, and Kentucky. Southern Miss game over 50 and a half. Oh now, we all know what Lamar Jackson can do and uh, how quick he can do it. Um, Purdue on defense 
ranked last in all but one Big Ten defensive statistic last year. And new Purdue coach and ex-quarterback at Louisville, Jeff Brom, inherits a quarterback who had 25 touchdowns last year, but had 21 picks. And if this guy throws for a couple and we can get a quick pick six and Lamar Jackson can do what he, he did last year, over 61 on a field that's covered and let Jackson throw to his receivers, that should go over 61 easily. Is it over 60? What, what is it? With, with the teaser, it's over 61 or over, over 54? It, no, it, I'm sorry. The line is 68, so over oh, 60. Okay. All right. And what's the second okay, and one? The same thing. Kentucky Southern Miss over the line is 57 and a half. I'm going over 50 and a half. Kentucky led like 35-17 last year against Southern Miss at home and ended up losing 44-35. So they still scored 79 when these two teams uh, played each other last year. They're doing a home-and-home. Home. Southern Miss rallied from like 25 points down. One of the craziest games of the year last year. Uh, Kentucky's offense this year is still solid, too. They return eight starters. And Southern Miss returns running back Edo Smith, who had 1,900 combined yards and 19 touchdowns. Darren, I think Brian was telling me you had stats like that when you were a senior in high school, too. Huh? There you go. <laughs> all right. All I right. Mean, they, wow. All right. 1,900 yards. Darren. That's pretty good. Man, I should have I talked about all my 11 teams. <laughs> I know. No kidding, Harry. Brother Brian, can you beat a two-team <laughs> teaser between – over-unders between teams that uh, no one really cares about? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Alabama minus six. It, <laughs> That's a pretty uh, big game. That's a pretty good game. Oh, uh, I know. Yeah, well, why not go with the biggest game of the week? So <laughs> Alabama minus six. Right now they're minus seven, but I'm going to buy the, the full point at, at minus 140. I mean, they've, beaten, they've won their last five openers by an average of 25 points, and those teams are Michigan, Virginia Tech, West Virginia, Wisconsin, and USC. So this is something very similar to them. They're always prepared. I expect Florida State to have a have a good year, and maybe they could meet in the championship type game. But I think uh, I don't think they're going to be ready for Week One. All right, and by the way, brother Brian, I I think I don't know if we all like this. There's there's a prop out there: Ohio State, uh, USC, and Alabama versus the field for the national championship. I think it's only minus one fifteen. I jumped all over that. Uh, if you could find that, what yeah, we, yeah, it was minus one fifteen or one thirty five, and I, yeah, I'm I'm going to be jumping on that too. There I, you I go. That's awesome. My best bet: South Carolina plus five over NC State. This is at Bank of America Stadium. It's a neutral neutral site. Ten starters back for South Carolina. Um, they have Bentley as their quarterback. They have two top receivers. As Debo Samuel is going to get drafted, I I think like they're a dark horse to win the SEC. This is the stats. This is what it's going to be a low scoring affair because NC State plays good defense. 17 to 13, 20 to 17. Here's what you need to know. South Carolina 7 and 2 against the spread in their last 9 and against the ACC. NC State 1 and 5 against the spread in their last 6 versus the SEC. I'm taking South Carolina plus 5. I don't know if they win the game but it's close over NC State. All right, we did it, boys. We got through college and we're going to do more college talk with Bobby Carpenter coming up. Ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking for advice. Usually it's, what team do you bet on? You got the Patriots or the Steelers? Bears or the Lions? Well, let me tell you, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I always tell people to go to mybookie.ag. MyBookie has been in the business for years, and their reputation is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses. So off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. And they have the fastest payouts, and this is very important. Seriously, just two business days. You already know who's going to win, right? So lay down some cash and win big today. 
Big college games coming up this weekend. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game, live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit with up to 100% bonus. Just visit my bookie. M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G and use the promo code SAL to activate the offer. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, welcome back to Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. Happy to have my next guest joining us. He was an all-Big Ten linebacker with the Ohio State Buckeyes. First-round pick with my beloved Dallas Cowboys. You can currently hear him in the afternoons on 97.1, The Fan in Columbus. The show is called Carpenter and Rothman. Bobby Carpenter is on the phone. Bobby, thanks for coming on, pal. Oh, Sal, it's a blast. Thanks for having me on here. Now, Bobby and I met at a, a party a few months ago. I think, I, don't, I forgot who threw it. Was it 2 Chains or Drake? I'm not sure. I don't remember. I don't remember <laughs> exactly. But we got to talking gambling, and I quickly realized he's a guy who understands sports wagering as much as anyone I know. Bobby, tell, tell everyone, what's your theory with the big favorites? Because I feel like I'm alone on an island betting these big favorites, college football, pro football, whatever, string them together on a parlay. But you, I think, think the same way I do. Well, you know, here's, here was always my philosophy. When it comes to NFL and pro sports gambling, you have to look at the leagues, and a lot of them, you know, there's 30, 32 teams in the pro sports realm. So you're going to, and they're highly covered. There's a lot of information out there. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to have equal information, know about each team, you know, the injuries, you know, everybody, especially in professional sports, the styles are all very similar. So I like to go to college sports, especially college football, because it's what I know the most of, mm-hmm. having played it. And I like to look at it conference by conference because there's greater variances in styles of play, there's differences with coaches. Venue, I think, matters a lot more with that. And there's 130 teams in Division 1A that you're going to look at, or FBS. So there's going to be much less information out there. So it's going to be more asymmetric. So there will be holes, and I think certain value plays, regardless of how maybe a team's uh, win total is set, you're going to be able to look at that and probably be able to pick something out. And especially then if you then match it against the conference champion, some of these things don't always add up because – you're going to see it, you know, as we go through this a little bit. There's so many different games. There's so many each and every week that I don't know if it's possible for everybody to have all the information needed to lock in on what they're going to see. Right. Right. So, okay. So let's do that. Because, right, I'm the same way. I like value picks. That's where it makes sense. And the Big Ten is the one, obviously, you key in on. Ten bowl teams in the Big Ten last year, only three won, none of the top three. Uh, the Buckeyes are your boys. They're minus 140 to win the conference. Uh, they're projected to have 11 wins. Which way do you see it going? Do they have a lot of competition there? You know, so here's how I do it. This uh, I look down, I break down the teams, you know, especially the teams at the top of the conference. I think, okay, here are the games they're going to win. Mm-hmm. Now, how many of these, now, how many games are going to be that are going to be 50-50 games? And I'm kicking myself last year because Ohio State, I think a lot of people had them at nine and a half wins overall. And I thought, they only had four games that were 50-50, and you're telling me they're going to lose all four to go under? Right. I couldn't believe it. It obviously didn't end up happening. So if you look at Ohio State's schedule series, like you said, it's 11. They have three games where you think they could be challenging. Oklahoma at home, Penn State at home, and Michigan on the road. I think they beat Oklahoma handily. Penn State, I think they win as well. Michigan, there is some worry for that. But they only have three 50-50 games. Mm-hmm. And there's no way to me they're going to lose more than 
lose more than one of those, which right. would give you a push. I like them, obviously, as a conference favorite, and I personally think they're going to go undefeated. So I love I love that pick on the 11 and over, even though it doesn't give you much room for error. Right. It, I, I really enjoy that there. So they have to go. So basically, they yeah, they have to go over uh, 12 and 0 to win that over 11 bet. Now, some people might say, well, why don't I just wait on uh, Ohio State at Michigan November 25th, and then I could bet Ohio State. Um, but do you think they'll be too big a favorite by then that, you, that it doesn't pay to do it that way? I think it will I think it will move a little bit by then because I don't think Michigan's going to have a great year. They're over under set at nine wins. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that that's, it's kind of that's a tough number right there for them because they've got they lost a lot of starters. There's some issues uh, with them. And if you look at their schedule, they have four pretty tough games, and most of them are on the road. Right. And they open with Florida, a neutral site. They're at Penn State, at Wisconsin, Ohio State at home. I don't see them losing all three of those. Probably nine, ten wins is there, but I don't feel near as confident in that. The place where I really think Saturday are going to find a lot of value in the Big Ten is a team that nobody talks about because it's they're in the Big Ten West. And so everybody assumes that the champion's going to come from the East, whether it's Penn State, Ohio State, or maybe even Michigan, but probably not as much this year. And that's Wisconsin. That's the team. That's who I just picked. I just picked them. That's great. You you must have heard me. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's, it's a huge value pick because they'll give you ten and a half. Right. So they have the hook there for you so you can lose a game and still get it. I don't think they'll win the conference. I don't think they can beat any of the teams from the East. But the only crossover game they play is against Michigan, and it's at home. Their big non-conference game is BYU. They'll win that game and take care of that, but they have the softest schedule you will find mm-hmm. of any team ranked in the top 15. So I'm glad you picked up on that because that, to me, might be the biggest value in college football right now. Yeah, I think they played LSU. That was their big uh, out-of-conference game last year. And like you said, it's BYU this year. And I just think they roll through that side of the conference. And then if you're getting them at plus 275, yeah, they'll probably be a three-point underdog to Ohio State um, in the in the championship game. So I think that's a good deal. I'm glad. Good. We're on the same page. All right. Let's see how uh, we are in the ACC. Um, Clemson's 3-1. to one. Much different team. Florida State favored minus one ten. Louisville at five to one, as well as uh, Miami. Who do you like? So I like I like Florida State. I don't like Clemson to repeat. But here's the interesting thing: Clemson is Florida State's the overwhelming favorite right now at minus one ten. Like you said, Clemson's plus three hundred. Mm-hmm. Everybody has Florida State in the college football playoff. Their win total is nine and a half. Right. So the math, the math on that doesn't really work. If you think that they're going to win the conference. They're minus 110, but you think they're going to do it with nine and a half, ten wins? They play a pretty tough schedule, and you know I broke it down. I looked at it. You know they open up with Bama, they play Miami, they play Louisville, they're at Clemson, they're at Florida. I think this, I think this FSU team is good. I do like them to win the ACC, and I also like them to be over on that nine and a half win mark. They may go ten and two, but I still think that'll get it done because out of their, t- their five pretty tough games, I think they'll find a way to win three of them. And they mm-hmm. may even upset Bama in week one. So are you saying, because I'm looking at this now, Florida State, Clemson, and Louisville are all predicted to win nine and a half games, projected to win nine and a half games, yet the, the odds for the conference are wildly different. Like I said, Louisville 5, Clemson 3-1, to one, and uh, Florida State's a favored minus 110, minus 150, depending on where you get it. So what's the better value taking Florida State probably in the over total than, than the conference, right? I would take Florida in the over total. I do think they'll probably win the conference, 
But if you want to go on value with that, I don't know if there's a huge difference between Louisville and Florida State. And Florida State could still cover the win total for you mm-hmm. and possibly not win the conference. Right. Okay. Given the fact that Louisville never on the same side. And if you look at like simply from a value play where you mentioned Louisville, they're plus 500. I don't think there's a huge difference in talent between those three teams to where Louisville might be able to sneak out a win because uh, they beat Florida State last year mm-hmm. to where they might be able to take control of that and possibly win the conference. There's a reason why they're not the favorite, but it's a, you, know, you said a 5-1. to one. It's probably worth the flyer. Right. Oh, man, I love this. Tate, I'm talking to my producer. I love this guy. This is just what I need right now. I need the value. You're doing exactly <laughs> how I want it. All right, let's go to SEC. Now, Alabama, clear-cut favorite, minus 225. Makes sense that they are. Uh, they're projected, like Ohio State, to have 11 wins. Uh, so, again, not much room for error there if you take the over. Auburn, 6-1. to one, LSU, 6-1. to one, Georgia, 8. Florida, 10. Now, a lot of times I look at this and say, well, why don't I wait for, if they're such a big favorite, why don't I wait for them to get to the championship game and then I'll unload on them. You, you can't do that with Alabama at minus 225. Last year, 21-point favorite in the uh, conference championship game against Florida. So if you're going to strike, strike now. Do you like uh, Alabama's odds? Yeah, I like Alabama's odds. To me, you know, I look at Alabama in this situation, it's, you know, I'm getting great odds here, but it's more or less like a CD in the bank. You know, you, you, it's, it's pretty secure. You feel good about them winning the championship, them, uh, them winning the SEC championship. They're over-under uh, win total is at 11. Now, they do open with Florida State. They have some tough games uh, that they're going to have to deal with this year. Uh, to me, though, do they lose more than 11? Probably the worst you're going to get is a push. Since mm-hmm. Nick Saban's been there, tell me the amount of years they've lost more than one game in the regular season. Yeah, it, yeah. I don't, I, it hasn't been many. Right. And... Uh, to me, the value, so you know, that's at the top of the heap. I think you have to go with Bama. If you want to take a flyer on someone, I don't, Auburn and LSU, they're probably about the same. I don't think Georgia has the chops to win it this year. But when you do look at Georgia, they have an eight-and-a-half win total. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a fourth, they have the fourth best odds in the SEC to win it, and that's probably simply due to the fact that Bama is just the overwhelming favorite. So they have eight-and-a-half wins as uh, they're over-under. They go to Notre Dame, they have Tennessee at home, uh, they're, at, they're at Tennessee, they have Florida at home, and they're at Auburn. They avoid Bama in the regular season. They avoid avoid LSU. So they have four, really three 50-50 games because I think they'll handle Notre Dame easily. I like Georgia on the over on the 8.5, and, a half, and mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a similar play to the Wisconsin. They're a much better team than what people think, and they have a pretty soft schedule when you look at the teams they can avoid within their conference. Right, and I think I think they opened at home against Appalachian State, who it was like 10 years ago they pulled up the off the big upset against Michigan. That team is also supposed to win like eight, eight and a half games. But really, yeah, you're right. At a conference, looking good. These teams beat up on each other, and they're playing the right teams uh, at home and on the road. So Georgia's your best value pick for the SEC. I like that. I think Georgia are the best value because you have to look at the, all all schedules are not created equal. This isn't you know that's why it's not the NFL. Right. And you can find you know, the home and away matchups there, and who they play cross conference is going to matter a lot. Bobby, the Big Twelve. I think Oklahoma's won two years in a row. Uh, Oklahoma State looking to catch them. Oklahoma minus one ten. Oklahoma State plus two fifty. Texas plus three fifty. Oklahoma State handed me the worst gambling loss I've ever had in my life. Up four with the ball. 
uh, four seconds left against Central Michigan, and they lost the game. Uh, I mean, it, it it won't get worse than that. It really cannot get worse than that. So I I can't. I kind of like them in this spot a little bit. They play that game at Stillwater, uh, but I can't. I just I just can't allow myself to take them. Is it worth it anyway, or is Oklahoma running away with this? Uh, I want to say the one thing that bothers me is Bob Stoops isn't going to be there this year, right. and he's been a constant at Oklahoma for over 20, you know about twenty years. And they're over under wind total of nine and a half. I think they're losing to Ohio State when they travel here the week two of the season, so that's going to essentially put nine uh, nine and a half wins on eleven games to see what they can get done there. Um, I think the value is probably Oklahoma State. And this may be the year they get it done. The confluence of you know events I think has happened within the Big 12 that you know Mike Gundy. This is the year that they kind of push it through. And you know if you look at OU's schedule, it's it's fairly tough. They do have Oklahoma State on the road this year, mm-hmm. which I think is is very big. And that may be the game will determine the conference winner. So in Oki State, I think they're probably more the value play. Their over under win total is nine. Yeah. Like you said, they're plus 250. So if you think they're going to win the conference, they're probably going to win it with at least 10 wins. They go to Pitt in their non-conference. They have to go to Texas. They go to West Virginia. They have Oklahoma at home, Kansas State on the road to wrap up the season. You know, those five games, that's another team where I think that they're not losing more than three of them. Worst case, you're getting a push. But I think they're a team that probably wins 10, 11 games. I think this is their year to win the Big 12. Yeah, I think we'll know middle of October whenever they go to Texas. Texas is going to be instrumental. Of course, they always are in this uh, this conference. They they're home against Oklahoma State, and I think they're home against they're home against Oakland also, right? Or Oklahoma rather. Um, they have that right? Yeah, yeah, they're home against both. Yes. So, so that's going to be Oklahoma, interesting. Uh, uh, well, Oklahoma will be a neutral site. You'll find a lot about Texas out early in the season right. because they go to USC. USC is supposed to be one of the best teams in the country this year. And if Tom Herman, who goes to Ohio State, and know him personally pretty well, Texas is going to be good. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of will they be good enough now. They're sitting at eight wins. That's a team that I think I think that they could, use, they could probably take the over on the eight wins with Texas as well. I think they're probably a nine or ten win team this year. You talk about fifty fifty games. I think they'll be favored in eight games, and then yes, you're right. Like if they could if they could pull out one of those games where they're an underdog on the road at USC or you know uh, against Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State, one of those. Although they might be favored versus Oklahoma State, that'll be interesting. All right, you mentioned uh, USC in the Pac-12. Now, so here's one of the instances where I think. Even odds to win the conference, I think they're going to breeze, breeze by their side of the conference. Um, you know, they're on the road against Washington State. They're home for Stanford. I think they're going to the Pac-12 championship game. In which case, they'll be a seven-point favorite against, I'm guessing, Washington. Do you take them at even to win the conference, or is there a better value? No, I would take them at even to win the conference. I don't know. The 11 over/under win total scares me just a tad because Stanford always has given them problems. And like you said, they don't have a terrible schedule, but that Washington game at the end of the season, Washington State game kind of scares me a little bit. I like Washington a little bit better on the over-under uh, value right there. Mm-hmm. If you look at them, they're sitting at 10 and a half. Right. They're only uh, tough games. They have to go to, Stan- to Stanford, and then they have Washington State to wrap up the season in the Apple Cup. I think they only lose one of those games. Right. They're similar to Wisconsin. In the standpoint, they, like, they avoided everybody tough in their conference. They played two ranked teams. 
and I don't think they'll lose them both. This team is too good with what they've been able to do there. Yeah, well, and depending on where you bet it, I've seen Washington at 10. So if you can get it for 10 instead of 10.5, that's nice. You, can, you have the push on your side. Um, yeah, that would be good. All right. What do you think? Who's your Heisman winner? My Heisman winner. So this is what's interesting. I look at it with value, with who you can get today and where they're going to be. Because to me, the qualifications with Heisman, if you look back, this is a very subjective thing because it's due to people's perception of how good they think a team, a team and a player are. Mm-hmm. To be a Dwayne Heisman trophy, you almost have to be on a team that's winning 10 games. Like, they can, people can say what they want, whether that should or shouldn't matter, but you have to be in the, in the national championship hunt probably in mid-November. And Lamar Jackson, they fell off at the end of the year, but most people had already submitted their votes. Right. So at the top, you have Sam Darnold, uh, J.T. Barrett, Lamar Jackson, uh, Saquon Barkley, Baker Mayfield. Those you know, are some of your guys there at the top. One of the guys who I think that even though they may not be in national championship contention, he is a known quantity. He's going to be on the big stage. I think he'll fare pretty well for most of the season. And that's Baker Mayfield at twelve hundred, uh, getting plus twelve hundred. Hmm. I don't, I don't necessarily. He's not the favorite, but if you want to look at a dark horse, a value pick, I think Baker Mayfield will be there because he's going to have a spectacular place. He's going to have the stats, and I think he'll be on a team that's going to win ten games. Yeah. So if you add all that up, he's going to most likely be a finalist, and he was up for it last year. Right. So he's already in the conscience of the voters, and to me, those things really do matter. But Bob, talk about it being in the conscience of voters. Lamar Jackson wins it last year. The voters obviously like him. Uh, I think they had three losses last year, unless I'm counting their bowl game. I think they had at least three losses, and he still won it, and, and 10 to 1 odds. I, I almost think if you take Mayfield, Jackson, and if you want to put a little on JT Barrett, those are double-digit odds for those guys. You're basically rooting against Sam Darnold at this point. I guess Saquon Barkley, but... You would be, but here's the thing with Lamar Jackson. A lot of people had already submitted their votes. They mm-hmm. lost to uh, Houston late in the year, right? And they lost. I want to say to Connecticut. They lost another bad game that they shouldn't have. Yeah, was it Kentucky? Right. It was Kentucky. Yeah, maybe. It, was, yeah. it, it was a bad. It was a bad loss for him. My brother actually coaches down there, so I, I know a great, pretty good deal about him. I just, I think it's so hard, Sal, to repeat as Heisman. Mm-hmm. They they're viewed under a different lens than right. other teams and other players because you look at Tim Tebow, uh, Tim Tebow, Sam Bradford, there's been a number of guys, Johnny Manziel, you know, there's always that slump and there's the expectation that you're supposed to be better because you're competing against yourself last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other guy that I like, and we talked about teams that are in national title contention, guys that have big stats and they'll be able to play on national television and play the right position, which is most likely quarterback, mm-hmm. is DeAndre Francois yeah. of Florida State. 1600, uh, getting plus 1600. Florida State's probably going to be in the college football playoff, and in doing so, he'll probably put up pretty big numbers. And to me, it's can you get a guy who is going to be a finalist? Yeah. That's what you want at this point in the year. I think Francois has a very good chance to be a finalist. I think. 1600 is giving you pretty good value at that as well. And you know what? I think he was sacked like 36 times last year, and they're doing they did whatever they could to shore up that offensive line. Obviously, no Dalvin Cook, so that hurts him a little bit. But um, yeah, it can't be worse in terms of him having to uh, scramble to get off passes. That's pretty good. So all right, so no Lamar. So if you're reading between the lines, uh, Bobby Carpenter's brother told him Lamar Jackson is going to suck this year <laughs> and uh, to no. stay to run as far as you can from that Lamar Jackson bet. No, you're not. They're going to be a. No, they're going to be a good team, Sal. It's just so hard 
uh-huh. the repeat of size. And you look at the guys that won as underclassmen. They're just held to a different standard, even though no matter how good they are. Yeah, no, I got you. All right, let's go. Who's going to win this whole thing? You got Alabama, Ohio State, Florida State up top, plus 225, 4-1, to one, and plus 750. Three familiar teams are in the playoffs last year. They're kind of there every year. Um, obviously, Clemson, completely different team, is 28-1. to one. Um, They were the fourth team last year. USC takes their place at plus 750. Which one of these four would you be least surprised if you didn't see them in the playoffs? Be least surprised if I didn't see them? I know, I use a lot of double um, negatives there. But USC, Florida State, Ohio State, Alabama. Least surprised. So if, I, if Florida State wasn't in, I wouldn't be shocked. Mm-hmm. If they have a pretty tough schedule, I think that they could be beaten up a little bit. Um, and like you said, they're over-under. They're putting them at nine and a half wins. People think they're going to win the conference. Right. But I think Clemson could come out of nowhere. We just don't know how good their quarterback situation is going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, Louisville could challenge a little bit. You know, the, the team I probably like the most is the value. You know, Bama, you could argue, you know, they're in it every year. They're going to do it. But, you know, being around and watching Ohio State, I think this is the most talented roster they've had since Urban's been here, at, uh, been in Columbus. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, Leads me to believe they've got a fifth-year starting quarterback, which I love, and that's another reason why you know you like Alabama, you know, and you know Sam Darnold, USC is pretty darn good too. But they've got the veteran quarterbacks. Ohio State with the talent around JT Barrett, they've reinvigorated their coaching staff, bringing Kevin Wilson from Indiana is really good. I think they're, you know, you said a four to one, probably going to be your best value that you're going to find. All right, and that's not biased at all. We could say that, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, well, I it's think like if you want to bet. You know, there's something about being embarrassed in the playoffs, and that's I I think yeah, I think you're you got a little bigger hitch in your step now because of that, right? And so four to one are nice odds, I think, for Ohio State. I want to I want to say every the last two times Urban Meyer has lost a uh, lost a bowl game, Mm -hmm. they've been they've won the national championship the next year. Interesting. All right. So, there you go. That's good inside information. All right, thanks for coming. Carpenter and Rothman, Sports Radio 97.1 on The Fan in Columbus. You could hear Bobby Carpenter we every weekday, 12 to 3. Bobby, thanks for coming on. Hopefully um, we'll meet up at Romo's next retirement um, party, probably in like a few months, right? <laughs> Absolutely. That sounds terrific, Sal. <laughs> All right, pal. Thanks again. Thank you. That'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. If you think you're eligible for our Degenerate Gamblers Hall of Fame or you just want to shoot us an email, do so. Cousin Sal, Against All Odds at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter at the Cousin Sal. And that's that for the Degenerate Trifecta and Bobby Carpenter. I'm Cousin Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Things change. The weather changes. Your mood definitely changes. So why lock yourself into plans that might change? With Hotel Tonight, you don't have to because you'll get incredible deals on awesome hotels even at the last minute. Booking on Hotel Tonight gives you the freedom and flexibility to play things by ear while knowing you'll score a great price and a great place to stay. So download the Hotel Tonight app to find seriously amazing deals now. I mean right now. 